Dealing with a crisis is never easy, especially when we have to make difficult decisions and sometimes you have to break those rules they tell you to follow. In this episode, hear what rule Sandra broke and why it was actually a good decision for her and her family. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, how is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today's guest has had to deal with some financial crisis from having to pivot her business as a result of 9-11 to losing her husband unexpectedly, leaving her to take care of their kids on her own. There are three key things that she attributes to helping her get through these financial crises or crises which you will learn about in this conversation. Be sure to not miss this part. Let me tell you a little bit about Sandra Camponogara. She migrated to the U.S. in 1988 from her native Argentina with big dreams and no savings. And after working in the tourism industry in New York City for a few years, she started her own tour operator company, Interconnect, in the year 2000, and then two decades later, she created her second company, Hola Fortuna. Reinventing herself time and time again is something that she has done through her business and her personal challenges. Lista? Let's go meet Sandra. Bienvenida, Sandra. I am so excited to have you. I know we've been connected maybe a couple years. I'm not sure if we connected right around the pandemic time or, but yeah, I think it was right around there. And I know I have followed you and I've really enjoyed what you're about. I've also invited you to be one of the speakers for Financially Strong Latina. So, and I realized I haven't had her on the podcast. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Welcome. Thank you very much, Jen. It is truly an honor to be here and see you again after sharing some time at the Latina event a few weeks ago. I mean, it's totally an honor to be here at the podcast. I'm excited. Well, we always start with going back in time. So if you could take us back in time, maybe to your upbringing, about any experience or lesson that you have had around money that really impacted you, that you've noticed that to today, that has made an impact on how you think about money. So take us back. Sure. So let's go into that time machine quite a few <laughs> years ago. You know, I was born and raised in Argentina. I had lovely parents. They gave me a lot of values that I'll be always grateful for. But in terms of money, they were very, very hardworking, but they were not very savvy with the way that they could use money to their benefit. 
moving forward. So my father was very hardworking. He was the one working in the family. He was a diver and his salary was never, you know, totally enough for what he wanted to give us. So he needed additional jobs. With that, I learned a lot of early lessons that money is synonym of sacrifice, that you need to change time for money. So my father had to be away many hours of the day out of the house to generate the income that we needed to live. So those are the early lessons. Even though we never discussed openly or with us kids, they never discussed openly like this is our money situation or what have you, I know that there wasn't a whole lot of money to go around. So I had that sort of scarcity mentality that if I spent a whole lot of money, then I won't have for these other things. And that's how I grew up. But I always thought that there should be a better way and that I didn't want to worry about money moving forward. And at that point, I desired to travel like I always liked to travel my whole life until today. And I moved to the United States and I came here in 88, over 30 years ago. And I started meeting some people who have more of an abundant mindset. And I started to learn to play a little bit the financial game and became curious with what the stock market is all about and the benefits that my employers were giving us, like the 401k and all of those things, and try to take advantage of it. And very soon I discovered through all of this and trying to learn more that you could put your money to work. When you invest, you could put your money to work for you. It's like having employees in the major U.S. companies. And I really got excited with the idea. But then, of course, you know, life has a mind of its own. And in the year 2000, after working in the hotel industry in New York City for many years, I decided in 2000 to open my own travel company, Interconnect USA. And I was so excited. I was using my knowledge and contacts, bringing people from Europe and from South America to New York City. That was phenomenal. And I was off to a really good start and things were looking good. Until less than a year later, what happened? 9-11 struck. And my whole business was based on bringing people from South America and Europe to New York City. And you know how many people wanted to come on vacation to New York City after 9-11? About none. Mm -hmm. So I had a mortgage. I had two young kids. I had to think really quick. I mean, I couldn't sit on it and see what happens. So I decided to reverse routes and promote with my company, bringing people from the U.S. to Brazil. And that is a major pivot because it's a totally different clientele, the one that goes to Brazil, than the one that comes to the United States. So it took a lot of quick thinking and things that I had to do in order to go over that very difficult time in our history, in our economy, and particularly for the travel industry. And then a few years later, that was in 2001, and I managed to make a good living out of bringing people to Brazil until I was able to bring back to New York City, which is my forte. And then in 2008, in addition to what the country was living, 
I had my own personal earthquake when my husband, who was very young at the peak of his career at the time, he had a very good job. He was diagnosed with leukemia mm. and a very aggressive form of leukemia to the point that the doctor said, you don't have time for a second opinion. That wow. is the last thing you want to hear. So immediately from the hospital, he had to go to his company and pick up his things and he never came back. That's how bad it was when he was diagnosed. A lot of things go through your mind when you have such an earthquake, because it's not only the emotional issue of having your husband many years go through this and the pain and the anxiety and all of those things, but it's the money questions. I mean, those are very real. I had two kids. I had a mortgage. And because we had both of us good income, we had a high mortgage. And we didn't mind because we could afford the high mortgage. But if he was on disability, there goes our high mortgage. So in the middle of 2008, when the stock market was what we all know what it was, you know, at their lowest point, we had to sell. And my son was in the last year of high school, so entering college. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So loss in income. Your yeah. husband is very ill, and then you have to look at paying for college. Wow. Exactly. The FAFSA was based on a good income. So basically, colleges said, okay, you have to pay in full. I thought that the world was coming down on me. So it was such a difficult moment from all points of view. So my husband was very concerned about my future and the kids if something were to happen to him. So we decided to sell what we had in the stock market in order to pay the house so that at least I would have a minimal mortgage. So, you know, we put the money against the principal. And that is something that you don't do. You know, you don't sell what you have in the stock market when it's at the lowest point because, you know, you lose money, basically. But we had no choice. I mean, and his peace of mind at this point was very important to us, too, that he was not concerned, what would I do with a high mortgage? So we decided to sell what we had in the stock market, understanding that it wasn't a good financial move, but it would help me pay off the house, not completely, but leaving a very small mortgage, and then figure out what I would do with the rest. But at least the house was taken care of. And that was an extremely, extremely difficult time. And I have to say and encourage people that have kids in college that think that they cannot afford go talk to the universities because they do have a lot of programs that help you out. My son was fortunate enough to go to Princeton and I said, there's no way that I'm going to be able to pay this, but you just don't say no to Princeton. So I went and I talked to them and I explained the situation. And I said, if you look at my FAFSA, it will look like I can pay, but I can't. This happened and they helped me out 
a ton and I will be forever grateful to them because they understood, they made accommodations and they said to me, no child is rejected because of money issues. If he qualifies to be here, he will be here and we'll figure out what to do. And we did. Wow. So, I mean... 9-11 9-11 and 2008 <laughs> yeah. were two difficult money lessons for me. I want to talk a little more about this because, one, yeah, I know you mentioned you all made the decision to sell what you had on investments and using that to pay towards the mortgage so it minimizes how much. And you also mentioned that that was, in your eyes, a bad financial decision, right? So that's like... I want to bring that up because, one, you did it for peace of mind, and especially your husband's peace of mind. But I mm-hmm. also want to highlight, too, that, in my opinion, it may not be the right thing to do traditionally, like what is said, because, yeah, you lose the time, the money in terms of compound interest. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. But you did something that you had to do in that moment in time. You had to make the best decision for your family, right? Mm-hmm. So That's right. I wanted to bring that up because it may be looked on upon as not the best decision, but for you all, it was. And obviously, you have come back from that. But I also wanted to ask, too, during this time with your business, like you had to pivot during the time with the news of your spouse and having to make the decision to use the money that you have accumulated investments towards the mortgage. What do you think, what are some of the financial skills or strengths that you think have helped you navigate those challenges in your business and in your personal life? Yeah. For one thing, I think it helped personally that I am emotionally pretty stable. Even when I'm going through a crisis and navigating a very, very difficult time, like those that I have mentioned, I always try to, like we say in my country, which is a soccer country, we say, pisar la pelota antes de patear. So I always try to think before getting agitated and all this, I'm in this situation. And I try to think, you know, what is the best course of action? What can I do with what I have? And what new potential is out there for me that I can grab? So that I think is one thing that helped me throughout all of this crisis. Another thing is, The fact of being disciplined and consistent. I know that that was just, you know, something that didn't go my way big time, big time. However, if I kept the plan going, you know, if I kept contributing to my retirement accounts, even if it is modestly at the time, because I couldn't do much more than modestly, back then. If I continued to be a thrifty in the areas that didn't matter long term, if I kept it for a long time, you know, that would help me out. 
And I think those are the things. And then changing the perspective of things. For example, you can think that at those times that you're in a crisis, that you are in a hole, that you cannot get out, that you are trapped. But you can also think that there's nowhere to go from here but up. And I knew that I had it in me to put all my energy, to create new things, to create new opportunities. So I gave my company all my enthusiasm, despite my heartbroken situation at home. I said, listen, this is at home, but let me concentrate on this company and give it my very, very best. And I think that in the long run, and my husband was sick for eight years before passing. So it was a long situation. So I had to put my very best effort to stay at the game, to stay consistent, to stay disciplined. And now that I am further out of all of those situations, time has passed. This is now when I'm seeing the benefit of that being consistent and starting early or as early as I could anyway, and not letting myself drop with the situation. Yes, you have days that, oh my God, you know, you don't want to do anything. You say, why, why this is going on? But let that be a moment in time and then pick yourself up and continue going. And I think those are the things in terms of skills that have helped me throughout my life in general to move forward. What I heard was thinking logically instead of thinking with emotions. Emotion. Right? Mm -hmm. And, And that's hard to do. That is, mm-hmm. that's a strength. <laughs> that can be hard to do. The second thing I heard was the consistency, the actions. You also mentioned you invested. It might not be like what you wanted to invest, but you invested what you could, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the third thing was the, you, you change your perspective. And I think that comes to like being open and positive because that's a big part of who you are just in getting it to know you. And that has helped you. And then you had Eight years with your husband after he got diagnosed. So eight years where your life shifted from going from two incomes to one income and then what he got in disability is mm-hmm. what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So the income lesson, you focused on your business and growing that business. And now one of the things that I see you talk about is freedom, financial freedom. Do you consider yourself, or I don't know if it's financial freedom or financial independence that I think I've heard you say, would you consider that you're financially independent? The way that I define it, and I don't know if it is the dictionary definition, but it's not having to worry about money. Money not being an issue in your day-to-day decisions. And at this point in time, I'm very grateful for that, but I can say that I don't worry about money. I don't think about money in terms of my kids live far away in a different state here in the United States. Do I want to visit them? 
okay, if I want to go visit them, I go visit them. I'm not thinking the ticket is $300. If I buy the ticket, I'm going to have to not do whatever. I want to go visit them. And if they open the door for me, (laughs) (laughs) I go. But what I'm saying, I try to base my decisions not on money necessarily, that kind of decisions, but rather on whether I want to do it. And for me, that is financial freedom. I'm not talking about being filthy rich, you know, having two yachts at the door and all of that, which would be nice, by the way. I have nothing against that. But what I'm saying, that's not me personally. I'm just too happy being able to do what I want to do without having to limit it to a money decision. I'm not going to go with you, Jen, to dinner because, you know, that's going to break my budget for this week. So if I want to go, I'm going to go. And those are the things that give me joy. And I think that this is my rich life. That's the way that I like to live my life. And in that respect, yes, I think I have financial freedom. Love it. And yeah, definitely the definition of financial freedom is so different. Sometimes it's about a tangible number. Sometimes it's about the experiences in life like you that you get to experience. And I love that. Now, I'm curious to know as well, because right now you're living the life it sounds like you're not having to worry about money. And it wasn't always this way, just because you've been through the things that you've been through. And we would love to just briefly, if you could give us an inside scoop of how you manage your finances, just maybe some highlights of what you think, what has made a difference in terms of how you manage your finances to get to where you are today, that you're not stressing, that if you're wanting to go travel, you do, that if you're wanting to go eat with your friends, you're not worrying about breaking the budget. So tell us, what would you say when you manage your finances, what are the key things that you do that help you live the life that you're living right now? I think one thing is to have very clear how much is your income from any sources that you have. How much is your income and how much is the money that you're spending, the expenses that you have, and not go over that. You know, my parents lived in a cash economy. So if they wanted to buy something, they put their hand in the pocket. If no money was coming out, we didn't buy it. Simple. Now with the plastic economy and virtual economy that we live in every day, it's easier to go overboard because you use your credit card and you use your Apple Pay and you use this. It doesn't feel like you're spending money. And very soon, you know, you can be over your head. So. I've always knew how much I have to spend and how much my expenses are. And I I don't go over. And then every expense that I have, I ask myself, does this bring me joy? Mm. Does this mean anything for me? Or will it just be another thing in my closet that when I move out, I'm going to say, oh, I didn't even remember that I bought this. So... Those are the things that I, on a day-to-day basis, I always keep in mind before I go to the store and get 
hooked up and all the things that I see, I try to put in perspective, does this add quality of life to my life? Does this contribute anything? If not, I let it go. As simple as that. I love it. As simple as that. This has (laughs) been fantastic, Sandra. Te aprecio mucho. I really appreciate this. And I'm curious just to leave us with one thing. If there has been, and you've you've probably already touched upon it, but you can recap. But if there has been one thing that has allowed you to experience financial ease, that financial ease that you're experiencing now, what would be that one thing that has allowed you to do so? I would say consistency over the years. Consistency. Because it's the little things that you do over time that will help you without the effort coming from your back and coming from those little employees that are working for you, which are your investments. So I think consistency, if I had to sum it up in one word, and also proximity, the fact that being surrounded by people who have a positive energy, people who are like-minded, people who who really want to do things, regardless of where they are in life, that they have a goal that they want to move forward. And I think that those things are very important if I had to summarize it in just a couple of words. Love it. Thank you so much. And I know with consistency, sometimes we take some action we don't see, like a change right away. But it's about just trusting the process and just keep on keeping on and doing those little small steps that you can take right now. So thank you, Sandra. Muchas gracias. I appreciate you. This was such a wonderful conversation. It's truly an honor, a happiness, a joy to be here and sharing this information with you and with your listeners. And, you know, I hope that this podcast continues to prosper and help so many people. Because, you know, Jen, when we do things for ourselves, it's always a great thing. But as you're doing, when you do things for other people, and I try to do the same thing through Ola Fortuna, when we do things for other people, magic happens. And I wish for you that you continue to bring magic to your listeners. Ay, muchas gracias, Sandra. De nada de corazón. ¿Qué te pareció? I love, love Sandra and her outlook on life. Period. I also love how she mentioned breaking the rules and how they use their retirement savings so the mortgage was more manageable. Yes, it's not ideal, an ideal thing to do, but given their circumstances, that was the best thing for her family. Always, always remember personal finance is personal and you and only you know what is best for your household because you and only you know your personal finances best. And always remember that I tell you that you are your own money expert because no one knows your household finances. No one knows your situation better than you do. Did you catch the three things that helped her deal with a crisis? I'm going to quickly recap those three things for you to keep in mind. Crisis or not, actually, I think they are super helpful as you go through life in general. So number one is thinking logically versus emotion. And I get it. Sometimes that's easier said than done. 
but taking the emotions out to really making that conscious decision of taking the emotions out of the situation and thinking logically, that will help you make a better decision. Number two is staying consistent. And that is really the name of the game with everything. Sometimes we feel like, let's say with our budget, that we mess it up. So we decide to stop budgeting because we messed it up. But you have to get back up, make whatever tweaks you need to make and keep going. It's all about consistency. With time and consistency, that's going to pay off in the long run. And number three is changing your perspective. Sometimes we go through life and think about things in just this certain way because that's how we were brought up or that's how we feel or that's how our circumstances are. But sometimes we have to take our own situation and look from the outside in versus looking from the inside out and looking from the outside in and maybe having someone help you with this because sometimes we're so tied into our emotions, so tied into our own personal situation and maybe the challenge that we're going through that we don't see things for how they really are, right? We feel the things, but we don't see things for how they really are. And changing our perspective requires really taking one, the emotion out and really having an honest look at your situation. And I think it's also helpful having someone else really look at your situation. So those are the three things. You can connect with Sandra and her website. That's holafortuna.com. Of course, as always, we will have that linked up to the show notes. If you love this episode and this conversation, I would love it if you can help us with two simple things. And those two things are sharing and reviewing this podcast. Please share this episode with one person and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We do make it easy for you by going to the resources section of today's episode. If you do that and email us at support at Jen Hempel with a screenshot of the review, we will put it in our drawing for a free month of our membership, Financially Strong Circle. If you're not familiar, you're wondering what in the world is Financially Strong Circle, you can learn more about that at jenhemphill.com forward slash membership. Next week, we will get to meet Maribel Quesada Smith. And if you attended Financially Strong Latina in 2022, I have a little inside scoop because she was behind the scenes as our video producer for the event. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. I know there's a ton of shows to choose from. Be sure to check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 320. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 320. Remember that being the reign of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.